Welcome to the Addiction Connection podcast, connecting the hope of the gospel to the heart of addiction. I'm your host, Mark Shaw, joined in studio by a good friend, Dr. Bill Hines. And I want to start with Revelation chapter 12, verse 11, which says, And they have conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. For they love not their lives even unto death. And so on this podcast, I thought, you know what? Let's have a little fun, and let's get to know Bill a little bit. So this may be a little more of a lighthearted podcast, um, other than maybe when he shares some really difficult things. <laughs> we can, uh, we'll get serious then. Um, but uh, I wanted to start just with Bill. Uh, Bill, where were you born? What's your social security number? You know, <laughs> oh no, no, don't give us that. <laughs> My pin number is. Uh, yeah, born in Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, I about to turn sixty-seven. So that was nineteen fifty-four, and uh, have a older sister and older brother. And uh, my brother had a great uh, part in leading me to Christ. Oh, wow. uh, uh, a lot of what he said, but primarily because his life changed. Yeah, he would. Uh, for the first time, well, in some ways, he would uh, say the, the the name of God without having a, a bad word after it. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, I noticed that kind of change, but also he just got interested in me. Wow. And uh, huh. he's, he's three years older than me. In fact, I had a, when you and I were talking earlier, I had a text from him. We text back trivia and try to fill in the blanks. And it's, yeah. anyway, it's just silly stuff that he and I do, but it's just a, uh, uh, relationship. I've been a Christian almost fifty-three years, and wow. and uh, God has used him all along the way. Fifty-three years. Um, but yeah, in Fort Worth, Texas, uh, the Young Life Ministry uh, also had a great deal to do with my getting started. My brother just said, "Okay, you go to Bible study, the Young Life Bible study." So I did it. Um, I uh, I remember when I. Uh, heard my brother's testimony he said he had gone to this camp and he had seen the mountains and met god there and became a christian so i thought okay i'll do that i'll go to that camp <laughs> next summer and uh, on this particular time in november i was on a retreat in fact a, a guy that's going to join me here later this week for our conference uh was on the bunk uh, next to me and we'd gone on this retreat together and i said something to God like, well, Lord, I was going to wait till camp to do this, but I'll go ahead and do it now. And then I asked him to to come into my <laughs> life and save me. <clears throat> my theology wasn't the greatest. And yeah. looking back, it's almost like I thought I was giving, giving God a break yeah. to go ahead and let him come in then <laughs> uh, nine months early. But it was, uh, you know, from the very beginning, um, God had placed people in my life mm. that if I wasn't asking the right questions, they were, and I heard the answers. And and wow. uh, um, I, I I wondered uh, about oh six or eight years ago, I was laying in bed at three in the morning, which I often uh, do awake. <laughs> but I was concerned about some friends from the old high school days, the old young life days, who were no longer following Christ. And I just asked a question that can sound kind of conceited, but I said, Lord, how come I have followed you all these years with, you know, with all the, you know, the, the, the lust and the, and the pride and all that stuff that goes along with growing up in life. 
of course, that was always there, but I kept chasing after you. I kept following you. What was different in my life? What, what helped keep me going? Well, of course, you could say a lot, but what I came up with was that pretty much every day of my life, I was in some way involved in worship. You know, worship is not just singing at church, right. but it's, it's, it's having that kind of attitude before the Lord, whether you're just driving along or in some way spending time in the Word and, and, and you're filled with joy and you express that to Him. So I had some kind of worship. I had some kind of study mm. as I would think about, often study the Word of God. I would have some sort of fellowship with other believers that may not be every day, depending on just what was going on, but I had a lot of fellowship with other believers. And then the, the fourth thing was ministry. I got involved in ministry right from the beginning before, some would say before I, I, I should have. Uh, I was teaching a Bible study. I didn't, I, I was no uh, biblical scholar, certainly. I was in ninth grade, <laughs> but somehow I got thrown into teaching a Bible study, and I uh, didn't know what I was doing, but God grew me up. So with, with a life of worship, study, fellowship, and ministry, uh, we, we can. I think we can come down to those four things as broad categories that we all need to strive to keep moving forward. Mm -hmm. And again, to remember, as important as church is, worship can be and should be done each day. It may be the privacy of our own hearts before the Lord. Yeah. I talked to a friend this week who said, you know, I'm doing addiction ministry, and because I'm involved in ministry and, and reaching into others' lives, helping them, serving them, uh, and, and the other three aspects you mentioned as well, but this person said, because I'm involved actively in ministry, it helps me to remember not to go back there to that old lifestyle of addiction and drugs and really just of living for self. <clears throat> and I think that's that's what you're saying is a life of of enjoying the presence of God because because worship isn't just what people do on Sundays and finding other people to fellowship with to pour into in ministry and then spending time in in prayer and the word I mean that that's that's where it's all at now now tell me a funny story about your childhood something funny that happened um oh wow um, <laughs> that's that's uh harder to come up with I mean <laughs> on the spot. Wow. Something funny in three seconds. <laughs> I'm just um, kidding. Uh, it probably involved my brother. He's a funny guy, and he always <laughs> comes up with stuff. They did tell me that when they wheeled me out of the hospital, my brother was three years old as they, as they were bringing me out, and he ran up to one of the nurses and pointed at me uh, uh -huh. in my mother's arms in the wheelchair and said, that wee new baby. <laughs> uh, it's our new baby. Yeah. But um, since I was talking about my brother, that came to mind. Uh, you know, it, it's it's interesting that, uh, you know, humor has been a big part of, it was a big part of our lives growing up. Uh, my mom and dad both have great sense of humor, had a great sense of humor, my brother and sister as well. Yeah. And uh, so my brother would just make me laugh lots. Yeah, and he would uh, tell me stories at night. Uh, it gave me a real love for stories because we shared the same room up until sixth grade, and my my sixth grade. And he would just 
start telling stories. Yeah, and he'd huh. make he'd make them up. Yeah, and he, he's still doing that. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, quite the imagination, huh? Yeah, he's a great storyteller. <laughs> now, how did you meet Kathy, your wife? A uh, friend of mine that I went to seminary with. He and his wife had uh, a little Christian singles party. Invited the people they thought ought to be married. <laughs> and uh, and I met Kathy there. I was uh, 26. I had actually just come from a wedding. My friend and I had uh, performed singing at this wedding, and so we brought our guitars into this meeting. And uh, anyway, that's uh, met her, and it was a fairly fairly quick courtship. I think. Uh, How I think quick? F- I think five months from wow. meeting to wedding. Okay. Wow. Uh, something like that. Yeah. Now you play guitar. Yeah. How did you learn to play guitar? When did you start doing that? Uh, I got a guitar for my 10th birthday. Oh, wow. And uh, really didn't start playing it, uh, really learning it until I was 11-ish or 12, yeah. w- when the girls started noticing. Yeah. And so so I had more incentive. I'm not a terribly disciplined guy. It's, it's, it's surprising I learned guitar and learned, you know, wrote a book, a couple books, but... Um, but I had more motivation, and yeah. uh, back then it was the Beatles and the Monkees and yeah. Herman's Hermits, you know, those kind of groups. But I also liked folk music and Johnny Cash, Glenn Campbell, and I was a little more folksy country. And yeah, uh, but it was it was something then too that after I became a Christian, the Lord just really used it. To, mm-hmm. You know, in, in different ministries I've I've worked in and loved to do it. Now, how many children do you have? Five. Five uh, kiddos. And, and a son-in-law and a daughter-in-law. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we've got um, the four four girls and um, uh, yeah four girls and one boy, and then our grandkids are five girls and and two boys. Wow. I'm wow. sorry, five boys and two girls. Oh, it's the other uh, way. Yeah, it's the other <laughs> way around. And uh, and we actually live next door to four of them. Okay. So that's uh, that's pretty fun. That is fun, especially yeah. when when they when the well he was two and a half when we moved in and he would climb up on their fence. It scared me to death. Yeah. <laughs> if he saw the light go on in our kitchen, oh. I, we'd hear this little voice start calling, Papa, KK, from over the fence <laughs> in the backyard. So they call Kathy KK? Yeah. That's KK. Cute. But I picked Papa because I knew they'd be able to say it before they could say KK. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it, you know, having... Uh, you know that sense of uh, leaving a legacy or being patriarch, if you will, of mm-hmm. of uh, the kids and grandkids has been really interesting. And I've started with a couple of boys having uh, what we call man talks, mm-hmm. and uh, so the the nine year old will come over and we'll have our man talk. We have a a, a root beer and an actual glass bottle, oh, and yeah. uh, and we just talk about whatever's on his mind, and yeah. you know. And dealing with uh, elementary school kind of stuff. Yeah. And uh, it's just uh, it's just such a great privilege. And, again, realizing that, uh, you know, we're called, of course, to make disciples. Yeah. And that certainly applies to our own families. That's uh, right. to, to build into their lives. That's uh, right. As best we can. If I could share also one, one thing in my uh, growing up, as somebody started teaching me actually how to study the Bible and then how to how to teach a Bible study, which I badly needed, um, somebody else encouraged me to pick, you know, kind of find some verses that uh, would would uh, guide my 
my use of my gifts. And so I was thinking about teaching, and I discovered Proverbs 30, verses 5 and 6, and I was about 20 years old when I found this. And it says this, Every word of God is tested. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Do not add to his words, or he will reprove you, and you will be proved a liar. And I just, I wrote that down. I've got it in uh, in the front of uh, a couple of my Bibles because I realized when I teach, I've got to teach according, not to my speculation, but according to the Word. Mm-hmm. Uh, God's Word can speak for itself. I mean, He calls us to teach it and, and to uh, express it to others. But we need to be accurate. We need to work at being accurate. And that's part of what these verses uh, indicated to me. Yeah, that's good. <clears throat> it's not our opinion or whatever. It's people need to know the what God says, who he is. He yeah. reveals himself that way. And, and you know, when I, uh, I've shared before that I, I can be uh, kind of depressive and, and yeah. uh, you know, I, there was a time when something happened in the other part of the world, I'd figure out a way it was my fault. Oh, well, uh, although, yeah. well maybe not quite that bad, but I, I felt that <laughs> way sometimes. And uh, But one of the things Scripture has taught me is, okay, g- yes, God cares about what's going on in our lives, but it's really not about me. It's yeah. really about Him. Yeah. And when I am, am feeling uh, bothered by something, I need to see, have I done something uh, that I need to correct with somebody, with God, with somebody else. Is there something here that needs to be changed? But bottom line is, I just need to say, okay, Lord, I feel awful today, but what you got for me? Yeah. You know, what's on the docket? What, what do you have for me to do this day? And when I get involved again in, you know, worship, uh, study, fellowship, ministry, when I get involved in the things of God, then whatever it is that's bothering me, at the very least, is set to the side and often just goes away because because I'm seeking after the right thing. <clears throat> yeah. Now, today, you you do a lot of things. One thing you do, uh, you travel and teach. You've been to Israel, I think, a few times, four times. And I know you've uh, been to South Africa because I went with you. And what we did in South Africa stays in South Africa, Bill. Please don't. Uh, no, that was a great time. <clears throat> that was fun. You know, when we took a day off and it was packed. I mean, we did a lot of stuff while we were on that trip, a lot of ministry opportunities, which was really great. But we went and saw those hippos, and I just love <laughs> those hippos. And our driver said, "You know, I don't know why we're looking at these hippos. They're boring." And I just was fascinated. <laughs> I've never seen hippos in the wild. They're jumping on top of each other and splashing in the water, and they're coming up and making noises. It was great. So I, that was probably my highlight there. Well, so. we had those wild elephants, you know, 20 yards away. Yeah. And, uh, we're just driving along in a car. And, yeah. Uh, they could it, knock our car right over, you know. I mean, that little van. That really was a lot of fun. And one of the things that uh, just I was reminded of there is we went to eat before the conference one afternoon just across the street and one of the guys i think it may have been oliver got talking to this uh this family mm-hmm. and turned out he was he was some kind of a, a pretty famous christian singer in yeah. south africa we all got talking with him they came 
to the conference the next night. Yeah. And we're there. Now, he has since gone to be with the Lord, that guy, yes, uh, that singer. Yeah. And uh, But such a nice family. But it, it just reminded me. And then I, I know you got to preach. I got to preach in a Zulu church, and you preached in a, another kind of church. Yep. And just just meeting those folks that just wanted Christ. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, and the, and they try the church I was in, they, it's, it's like they, they put their best foot forward. It was decorated according to what they could afford. And I say it that way because it wasn't what people over here would think a great decoration was, but it was all they, it was all, all they, could, they do could do for the Lord. Yes. And that, that just so inspired me. Yeah. I mean, from a, an American perspective, uh, these precious people had nothing in terms of material goods, and yet they had everything because they they loved Christ and they sought to learn and grow and and serve each other. And uh, it was a they were precious people that we were able to spend time with, and just kind of helps us to put things in perspective as to what's important. You know, family, as you've mentioned already, being a grandfather and uh, father and you know it family's important and and the people in South Africa really understand that uh, not perfect people by any stretch neither are we uh, but a precious people that really love and serve and give and took great care of us I mean we really had a a great time of ministry when I think back at all we did in that packed in 10 or 12 days you know which really, I mean, it's a 16-hour flight. It was for me. It's probably a little farther for you uh, from Texas, but it it was a long trip to get down there. And then to see that ministry, Village Mercy, up close and, and their desire to get started, that hadn't started yet, but they have since started. And now the Addiction Connection gets to support them some, and Josh Brunk will be here for the summit. Of course, by the time people hear this, it'll be after the summit, but still... Uh, Josh is going to share and, and update us, and I can't wait to see him again and just to hear about his ministry and what God's doing and to think we got to be there, you know, before they even got started, you know, before it was ground zero, uh, ground negative four or whatever. It was, yeah. uh, it was great to be there, and I'm so glad you went and Oliver and the others that we had on our team. It was a, a special time. and You know, and it, it reminds me, whether it's there or Haiti or... Romania, actually, Haiti and Romania are two places you were invited to go, and since you couldn't go, I went. Yeah. <laughs> and, and um, well, but just right. seeing that, you know, the problems are the same. I mean, the economics may be different, uh, history, yeah. communism, or whatever may be different, but the basic human problems, mm. I don't like my wife, or she doesn't like me, or, <laughs> you know, how do I, how do I quit doing this? Right. Those things are very... Uh, very much alike, but I, I I noticed especially in Haiti that that people who don't have a lot it doesn't mean that their Christian life is any less. Mm-hmm. I met some wonderful pastors, some wonderful people that were in in the class I was teaching, and so it's really not about finances. Yeah, as nice as as it is to be comfortable, and I appreciate mm-hmm. being comfortable. But that's not everybody's calling. Yeah, and in some ways it's a hindrance, you know, um, having too many comforts and things easy. I mean, 
Uh, I remember in South Africa, people, we were at, at, at a school for a church service, and they had to set up the whole uh, classroom and uh, set it up for Sunday school and then the worship service. And, uh, and you know, you talk about they were sweeping and cleaning, and, you know, it's just a, a dirty wind. Wind is blowing dirt and things in there, and yet it was a great time of worship and fellowship. And even in the middle of the service, they had a, a breakout where uh, people went and spent time in one-on-one disciple-making, just teaching the Word in a, in a one-on-one way, in kind of in the middle of that, that particular service. The, the one I went to the next Sunday wasn't like that, but that structure was, was what that church needed and did. And uh, it, it, there were memories there that uh, I'm so grateful for and will always uh, cherish you know, our time together. Now tell me a little bit about your role at IABC, IABC being the International Association of Biblical Counselors. Tell me about your role there and even some synergies you might see uh, with TAC and IABC in the future. Well, one of the things uh, that we're trying to do with IABC is is just connect with uh, with other ministries like TAC. And since I've been on the board of TAC and I'm on the board of IABC, that's a natural connection. And again, as I've said, I don't remember if I've said it in this podcast yet, but what addicts deal with is the same thing that anybody who's trying to grow as a disciple must deal with day in, day out, learning how to leave the past behind, leave behind the things that don't belong in the Christian life and press on and following him. Uh, I am serving right now as the uh, vice president of the International Association of Biblical Counselors uh, on, on a board of directors with others. We just had a meeting today working on our uh, next annual conference, which is uh, next July, uh, July the 28th through the 30th in Fairview Heights, Illinois, which is right across the river from St. Louis. And you might be interested to know our keynote speaker for that is going to be Mark Shaw. Oh, no, not that guy. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, really, really uh, anxious and glad to have you there. It's also a little uh, especially meaningful to me because it was at that same church back in, I think, about 2013 you and I were yeah. both speaking there, and right. you asked me to be a part of the Addiction Connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and changed, uh, just changed ministry for me. Best question I ever asked. <laughs> <laughs> well, besides asking my wife to marry me. That's, uh... <laughs> but uh, you know, some people might, you know, will ask why IABC. You know, there's a, there's a couple of really good uh, groups around. I'm also a, a certified member of the Association of. Certified Biblical Counselors, ACBC. Say that fast. Yeah, times. really. Um, <laughs> and and it has uh, it has so much to commend it. With IABC, I think part of what you'll find, or you'll find a lot of uh, uh, people perhaps from uh, uh, denominations that vary a little bit yeah. from what you might find in ACBC. And um, I want to say this carefully, it's not like ACBC just uh, won't let them in or anything, but we've become a home to certain uh, sure. folks, like a lot of Calvary Chapel people, as well as some Presbyterian Baptists, et cetera. Uh, but we, we hold the, the very uh, similar tenets of the sufficiency of Scripture and, and the Word of God uh, being inerrant. 
and uh, and Christ being who He is, and all and all those things that we've come to appreciate. Um, and uh, one of the things that I like doing with IABC is we will often take somebody that knows the Lord. The Lord has gifted them. They may not have the traditional education that someone else might have, like right. seminary, those things, but they can go through our study program and uh, right. and learn, you know, what they whatever they're lacking in, learn what they need to learn. Yeah, that's what I appreciate. I mean, I'm trying to reach people that uh, maybe aren't seminarians. Maybe they're not uh, people that uh, you know would um ever ever go and learn or they don't even think they could i think they could but uh they are you know that's just not what god has called them to and yet they're doing ministry you know they're in prisons they're in rescue missions they're working in rehab programs and and maybe some of them were on drugs and never finished school high school and they don't have the credentials to get the uh, the greater degrees, so to speak. But boy, we want to train them, equip them, help them in doing that ministry, and encourage them to do that. Right. And IBC is a, a big part of that. It has that same philosophy that we do with the Addiction Connection. Well, and one of the things that we've talked about doing is uh, so in our association with the Addiction Connection is uh, having people work on. Uh, the the study that we uh, encourage with uh, the Addiction Connection as their continuing education units. Once somebody is a certified member of IABC, then there are so many units they do a year, reading, conferences, mm-hmm. things like that to keep up. And one of the study units that we're putting together has to do with addictions. Yeah. And we'll be talking about that in some ways, launching that in a new way next July when you join us. Yeah. Well, and I, I, you know, I'm inspired. One of probably my favorite person um, in a biblical, not not in biblical history, but my favorite Christian person is William Tyndale. I just love William Tyndale. I don't tell too many people this, but uh, well, you just did. Well, I just did. <laughs> now it's out there. So, uh, but William Tyndale um, inspires me in so many ways, and. I remember the story where a friar is telling him that, you know, the the Pope's laws are better than God's laws and so forth. And Tyndale responds by saying, if God spare my life ere many years, I will cause a boy who drives a plow to know more of the scriptures than you do. <laughs> now, I, I like his feistiness there, but his heart was, I want the plow boy to know the scriptures. I want I want everyone to be equipped with the word of God. And that's the same passion in my heart. I know that's in your heart too, is we want people to know God's word because it's so life-giving. It reveals who God is, and it's, it's such a, a powerful book when um, partnered with the Holy Spirit that um, it's sufficient in counseling. And IBC believes that as, as we do in the Addiction Connection. And people like William Tyndale just inspire me to to be, you know, to be dedicated to helping everyone to know the Word of God because everyone's needed in the battle uh, of, you know, against addiction issues. 
uh, to help family members. I mean, it's just an overwhelming problem with 93,000 overdose drug deaths last year alone in 2020. Uh, this is a problem. We need everybody. We need the plow boy and the plow girl. You know, we need them all uh, helping with this. So uh, anyway, I, I appreciate IABC and what you do there, and I appreciate what you do, of course, in the addiction connection here with us in this ministry. And, and today's podcast has been great because I wanted to get to know you and uh, have our listeners know a little bit more about you in more of a personal way. And so, uh, you know, you're such a, such a scholar and a great theologian and have been such a, a really good, you know, to have you be a part of this ministry. I just don't feel like we really deserve you um, and your level of, you know, I, you, you mentioned, you know, you said I'm not the most disciplined guy in the wor world, but you're motivated. And I've seen that motivation when you're motivated and want to get it done. You write so well and, and clearly and, and, um, you know, and you and I both have health concerns that from time to time that kind of slow us down, and, and that's by God's design, too. But, uh, uh, again, I'm just really thankful for you and your ministry. So, uh, Well, I, I appreciate it so much, and uh, at least for my part, let me say one thing that has helped me press on and something I'm going to talk about at the end of the week at our conference, mm -hmm. and it, it has to do with, you know, when I am feeling down, uh, whether sick or feeling sad or whatever, um, when it's hard to get up out of bed, one of the things that has continued to help me all of my Christian life since the very earliest days is knowing that he is truth mm. and what he says is true. And part of what he said is, I'm coming back. And I can count on his return. And how do I want him to find me when he comes back? I don't have to be happy. I don't have to be not depressed. I don't, but I need to be pressing on. I need to be looking to him. As we see in Titus 2, verse uh, 13, I'll go to, looking for the blessed hope and the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Christ Jesus, who gave himself for us to redeem us from every lawless deed and to purify for himself a people for his own possession, zealous for good deeds. You know, we can be his people, zealous for good deeds. We don't have to feel great, but we have to be connected to him and his empowering grace and his uh, Holy Spirit living within us uh, puts us in a place where that can happen. Amen. Well, special thanks to Dr. Bill Hines for joining me today on the podcast, and thank you for listening. Uh, we want to wish you a uh, very uh, happy Thanksgiving and holiday season and look forward to uh, doing more of these with Bill and, and others in the days ahead. So thank you for uh, praying for us at the Addiction Connection, our leadership team and our staff team. We This is not the Mark Shaw Show. This is a uh, big, wide group of people, and Bill's been serving in our ministry behind the scenes and helping to lead, sometimes in front of the scenes as he speaks, spoke at the summit. And so uh, I'm excited about the days ahead, partnering with people like Bill Hines, and I'm and partnering with you, the listener. So thank you for joining us today. Take care and God bless. <laughs>